Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams, and I guess we'll just jump right in with the headline of the weekend. Chase Elliott, uh, leg injury while snowboarding. It's caused a lot of debate among uh, the NASCAR circles that I know about what drivers should or shouldn't be doing in their downtime. Um, it's an interesting question just because, I mean, you can't make them sit in bubble wrap. They're drivers. They're daredevils by trait. They're going to want to do things that are active and that, that have a little bit of danger. From from what I understand, Chase is a pretty experienced snowboarder and that this was more of a freak thing than like a lack of ability or talent, for lack of a better word, in snowboarding. So from what I understand also, Hendrick Motorsports is, is not going to restrict their drivers from doing those types of activities just because of what happened to Chase. And, you know, accidents happen. You could miss a step coming out of your front door and fall down and break your leg. So it's very unfortunate for Chase. I know based on last year, even though they finished top four in points, I know that Chase was really disappointed with the season they had last year and was really looking forward to having the kind of season he feels like the nine teams should have this season. They had some bad luck to start the year. They've, they've really had some bad luck now. So I'm sure he'll get a waiver. NASCAR is usually pretty generous with those as long as you haven't violated some rule or done something terribly egregious. He'll probably get that waiver to get into the playoffs if he is eligible otherwise. I think it's a great opportunity for Josh Berry, Tennessee native. Uh, I've talked to him several times coming up through the ranks because he is a Tennessee native. He ran the U.S. Short Track Nationals the first time they had it at Bristol Motor Speedway. And he waited a long time for his opportunities. And now he's going to get a good one. He's going to get a big one, a chance to at least this weekend ride in the Cup Series. And then we'll see what happens going forward, what they do with that that nine car. But just really unfortunate for Chase. I, I wish him a speedy recovery. And, um, you know, we'll see if there's any trickle-down effect or any effects from the teams after what happened. I, I doubt they will because, like I said, it's more of a freak accident than uh, than negligence or, or even really doing something that's, you know, really dangerous. So we'll see. But that that's kind of how I feel that's going to go down. All right, coming up on this week's episode, which obviously we taped during the week because uh, our TV show runs earlier in the week. So we won't be talking about Chase. We'll talk about him next week. We are going to talk about uh, kind of the after effects of Fontana and what's next for that track. Harrison Burton is our guest. We'll talk to him about, you know, what he's looking forward to going into his sophomore season in the Cup Series. And uh, Chris and I will also preview the race this week at Vegas. So let's get fired up. So, first of all, um, Auto Club Speedway, we have uh, a, a winner that hasn't won on the oval track in almost two years and a paved track in Kyle Bush. He extends his streak of, I think, 18 straight seasons with a victory. Um, I guess we all knew that the relationship between Kyle Bush and Richard Childress was probably going to eventually work out, but did we yeah. see it coming together this quickly? 
Uh, I'll tell you, Heather, I, I, am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked. Am I surprised? Maybe just a little bit that, like you said, it, it came together this quick. Because it, in reality, if you look at the Daytona 500 week previous and then the race previous to that, the, the L.A. Coliseum show, he could have easily won those two events also, easily. Uh, circumstances prevented that, which, you know, now he goes to Fontana, one of the toughest tracks to win a race at. It's, a, it's one of the toughest to run a whole race and keep your car good and keep your tires on the car and so on and so forth. And, you know, his experience, his ability, his car control, his throttle control, really, I mean, the cream rose to the top. And... I think it's got a lot of other teams saying, oh, boy, now what are we going to do? So uh, pretty incredible. And, and, and the, the, the fact that you said it brought out that, you know, it's been almost two years since he won on a asphalt or concrete oval is kind of, I mean, that's almost, that is shocking, you know, to know. But now you know, this guy's back and he's motivated and he's in a, with a team uh, and a group of people with equipment and they're all motivated. And I, I got a feeling that it's not going to stop here. So uh, I put a wow on it, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens from here out. <laughs> so that leads me to my next question, which is Denny Hamlin said on his podcast that, uh, our, uh, that uh, Joe Gibbs Racing made a pretty good, offer to Kyle to stay and that Kyle turned it down do you think it was this is just an example of maybe the relationship had run its course between these two and it was time for a change for both of them Uh, I think Heather I think that's a fair I think that's a fair assessment I mean let's face it he's been there uh, what uh, 18 years or something like that 16 18 years he's had tons of success not only in the cup series but also the Xfinity series and in his own trucks and so on. He had a long relationship with Toyota. You know, sometimes that it, it just kind of like runs its course. This is a very hard, difficult, competitive business. And the thing with him, his, his level of success, like his acceptable, his acceptable level of success was really high, real way high. And the last couple of years that had fallen off and he wasn't having the success. And, you know, it's all of a sudden rumors and talk and people yapping and this, that, and the other. Well, sure, it affects everybody. It affects him, too. It affects people at Joe Gibbs. And everybody's human. So it probably got to a point to where, like, they're all like, you know, this may not be fixable to a level that we're all going to be satisfied with. So maybe the best thing is just to go on just to do something else somewhere else and and everybody you know they're all professionals joe gibbs joe gibbs racing and the people there are are some of the best in this business and have been they proved that uh so is kyle bush it 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 was probably time for them to say let's let's go a different course and let's just see where it plays out and at the end of the day we're all going to have success they're all very fortunate people so, you know, I think Kyle is probably like, okay, I found, I found me a home now. And to me, it's kind of cool because I think now there's another storyline to follow for all of us to say, okay, this, this, 
this racing business is changing, now there's something else to follow. And I think it'd be, I think overall, I think it'd be good for the sport, good for the business. I think it'd be good for the fan base overall. Did it fall off? Yeah, you're popping out. Oh, God. Good idea. It's okay. Um, it's black, so it's not that big of a deal if it pops out a little bit. Okay. Um, so, Auto Club Speedway, uh, probably the last, well, definitely the last race on the two-mile configuration there at Auto Club. And it was announced at the end of last week late that all but uh, 89 acres have been sold on the property. It's about a third of the size of the property at hmm. Bristol Motor Speedway. What's the future of this track? Can they operate as a half-mile uh, high-bank track, or do you think that that might just be the end of racing down there? Well, at the fact that the property's sold, uh, you know, that doesn't sound good to me. Um, I don't... Would it be impossible to have a half-mile track there? Absolutely not. I mean, I think I've, everybody's seen, I mean, they, they build a racetrack on a football field once a year and then tear it up and turn it back to a football field. So I don't think anything nowadays is, it's, it's not, it could, it could happen if they really wanted it to. Um, the, the, you know, the, the surrounding area, what, what the people of that community and people of that city and government want, uh, I, I'm not really sure. Um, it, it, to me, it kind of sounds like maybe we might have seen the last of, of Fontana. You know, uh, I don't know. I'd say there's a lot of a lot of bridges to cross here, and I think there's a lot of racetrack venues that want races. So you know, the trend from from our fan base at least is like, hey, we'd like to see more short tracks. We'd like to see more half miles and so on. So. Uh, there's a lot of half-mile racetracks out there. Now, are all of them able to have a cup race in today's standards as far as the, the media and the, and the electronic age and, and all the stuff it takes to do that? Uh, that's another thought, too. That's another problem. So I don't know. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of the drivers are going to miss the two-mile Fontana. It was like, you know, it's kind of, to me, was sort of like the old Pocono where it was so rough, the cars went down the straightaway and going into turns and they're bouncing around and, you know, they lose grip all of a sudden and they slide around it. For a driver, that's fun. That's what he likes to do because it's very challenging. It's very challenging also for the crews and the crew chiefs to try to keep the car driving good. But, you know, maybe we have, maybe we have seen the last of that and it's, it's time to go on to something else. So... Looking at the driver standings and look at looking at some of the drivers, uh, a name off some names, and then you tell me who 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 you think is in the biggest trouble here after two just two races. Um, Kyle Larson. Well, let's start with Austin Dillon, twenty third. Kyle Larson, twenty fourth. Bubba Wallace, twenty sixth. William Byron, twenty eighth. Chase Briscoe, thirty second. man, that's a lot of. Uh... Good drivers with good teams and good equipment that have had, I want to say terrible performances, but terrible luck, terrible finishes. And now as it, as it gets into the point to where the standings go by this year's points pretty soon, there's a, got a lot of people going to be doing a lot of sweating when it comes time to qualify and so forth. Now, are they going to miss the race? No, probably not. 
but um, you know you got to be thinking about the you know the near future and the distant future of trying to get in the playoffs. That's everybody's that's everybody's goal. Uh, I would think that you know a guy like Kyle Larson. I don't know that he's going to panic because I think he and that team know that in the back of their mind they've shown year after year the ability to like okay just step it up we'll go win some races you know we'll get us three or four wins here in the next 10 or 12 races i think they have the ability to do that but if you look at a guy like maybe chase briscoe and austin Dillon, uh maybe even bubba a couple of those other guys uh maybe even william byron uh all these guys are capable of winning races they've shown it but are they capable of overcoming and winning races like when you have to? That's a different story. So, I, you know, two races in, I don't think it's just that anybody's going to hit the panic button. But they got to start thinking about, okay, how can we make up this deficit? You know, we've got a lot of guys that are out to a, a big start here. And uh, we've got two guys that are already got wins, Ricky Stenhouse and Kyle Busch. And uh, I'm pretty sure Kyle Busch is probably going to get some more. So it is, you know, it's early enough. you got to start thinking about it like, okay, we've got to step up the program. We've got to be mistake-free for some races and trying to get, try to get good finishes to get some points and then maybe try to punch a win somewhere here along the way when, when it comes our opportunity. So uh is there panic no is there is there sweating and nervousness frustration absolutely this week we go to vegas what's the key to getting around that track stay out of trouble <laughs> uh vegas is a really fast racetrack and uh pretty high banking uh, always to turn one and two especially is very rough that's the part that goes over the tunnel the entrance tunnel to the racetrack into the infield uh, it's very bumpy, very rough there. It gets a little worse, I think, every year uh, out in that uh, the conditions. It sits out there in the middle of the desert, so really hot, really cold, a lot of sand and stuff blowing around. These are conditions that get, those, these guys will have to deal with every time they go out there, and they expect it. Uh, the weather is kind of uncertain, too. It could, it could be very windy, which at a face, fast racetrack that's very bumpy and can lose grip at a, at a second's notice, uh, a lot of high wind, gusting wind is is not your friend. So um, it always seems like that somebody, a, a particular team driver, will hit it a little better than everybody else out there. It's a good place for that. We've seen a lot of dominating performances, and I think it comes from just somebody that that hits hits the setup, uh, spring uh, shock, uh, all the arrows things, everything, the tires, the tire pressure, the whole nine yards, they hit it nail on the head, and then, then you know, nobody's really got a chance to beat them. So we'll see if that happens uh, this time. But it'll be fast race, a lot of people up against the wall. Working traffic will be a little, little difficult. Uh, it will become a multi-group racetrack. There's always some good racing, exciting. So uh, we'll, we'll see who, who comes out to... Uh, you know, I don't know. My my pick right now would be just a dark. I, I would. I'm I'm kind of leaning toward Joey Logano. I think you'll have a good day out there. Just just a gut feeling. So I might be totally wrong, but uh, thinking maybe they might they might have something to say about that one. All right. Joining us now is Harrison Burton. First of all, Harrison, thanks for your time today. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Going into this season, uh, year two for you and also year two for the next gen car, do you feel better prepared or there's still a lot of questions about this car? What's your mindset? Uh, you know, I definitely feel uh, way better prepared. You know, we, we've got notes now off the next gen car that are, uh, you know, really important to to kind of be able to build off of. And uh, that changes the game, right, is, is now we go to Daytona this year instead of, uh, you know, having no idea what we're doing. We are now able to kind of build off something and, and have notes and look at data and, and do all the things that we would have done in a normal year except for last year with the big shift in the, in the industry. So um, I feel a lot more prepared as a driver, not only having the data, but having driven it before and, and done all these things compared to last year. Um, you know, it's a big tool. So for, for me, I'm, I'm definitely feeling a lot better as far as, you know, my nerves going into this race and, and I know what to expect. I feel like. So this is the 75th anniversary of NASCAR. Obviously you race for such a great historic team and you come from a racing family. Do you have a favorite NASCAR moment, either something you saw or something you saw on YouTube? Do you have like a favorite, I guess, yeah, moment from the sport? Yeah, I mean, there's so many, right? It's hard to say I have one favorite. You know, a few come to mind. Uh, you know, most of them having to do with my family. Um, you know, either races that my dad's won. You know, I think my dad winning at Texas was really cool for me when I was a kid. Uh, I think it was 2008 he won there. And uh, I just remember that one a lot because uh, it was like the one of the first races where I kind of understood what was going on enough to be excited and truly, you know, kind of understand and remember everything about it and, and see my dad win and uh, what was a really good race with Matt Kenseth. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and I still have all this confetti and stuff that I picked up from Victory Lane when I was a little kid. So, um, obviously, that's probably one of my favorites. And then I'm going to go try and make some more that are, are going to be up on that list here this year. That's for sure. Um, as you go into the season kind of past Daytona, because obviously that's not a, like a great place to to measure what you have because of all the factors that go into Daytona. When do you feel like um, in the season you start to get a good idea of what your team is? Is it the West Coast swing? Is it when you come back? When 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 is it that you start measuring where you are? Yeah, I think after the West Coast swing, you really have a good idea of where you are as a race team, right. And, and what the expectations should be going forward and, and what you need to work on. I think you've got a lot of variety, you know, with the 500 and then auto club and Phoenix and Vegas, they're all very different racetracks. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot from each of those that I think carries over to a lot of different places. And so the West coast swing, I don't know if they designed it to be this way, but it's a really good indicator. I think of kind of where, where everyone is going to be for the year. I'm sorry if my dog's barking in the background. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where where everyone's gonna be for the year, and um, you know, makes it makes it really, really, um, I think important to come out of that with with your best foot forward because you can get buried in points really quickly in this series, and once you do, you have to to do some special stuff to get kind of out of that hole. That's for sure. We invite all animals crashing. Here I've had cats and dogs of, of all sorts of drivers. What's your dog's name? Uh, uh, Remy. Uh, she's Remy. a golden retriever. Yeah, she, so I lock her out of my office, um, <laughs> and she's a clingy dog. So she's just looking at me, wanting to come hang out. Oh, but I always, I always have her locked out. <laughs> so for my final thought today, I want to talk about Kyle Busch. I know, I know, I I can see 
the eyes rolling in the back of the head and I can't even see you. But I do think that it's really funny um, how fans change perceptions and how drivers' perceptions change um, as they get older. Uh, there are so many examples of this. You know, Earnhardt was a guy that was uh, very hated and very booed for most of his career. Then towards the end of his career and certainly, you know, after he his unfortunate death, he became, you know, sort of a cult hero. You know, to, after I think after the moment that he won Daytona, the more boos and cheers started to become more cheers than boos. Um you saw the same thing towards the end of Jimmy Johnson's career, Jeff Gordon's career, now Kevin Harvick's career. And certainly you're starting to see that change over now that Kyle Busch has left JGR and Toyota as now with Richard Childers in the Chevys. I was actually struck by how I wouldn't say there are more cheers than boos right now for Kyle Busch, but it's certainly 50-50 where Previous this season, it wasn't even close. But he's third or fourth now in the, I would say fourth in the Boo Brigade. I think that Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, all are getting more boos than Kyle Busch, which is fascinating to me. Um, but it just shows, you know, that, that NASCAR fans do have the ability to change. They do have the ability to evolve. Um their opinions on things, and that includes drivers. I think it's great, you know, I think it's great that, like, Brexen um, is getting to see, you know, people actually cheer for his dad, that it's not all anger and, and hate towards him. I think it's great that, um, you know, Kyle himself is evolving, that he's maturing, and, and that fans are kind of recognizing that. So, I mean, he's still always going to be Kyle Busch, right? He's always going to be fiery. He's always going to have a smart quip at a reporter or um, at another competitor. But, you know, we all grow up, drivers, fans, crew chiefs, whatever. We all grow up, and I just, I'm fascinated by the whole evolution. But we'll see how long that lasts. You know, the first time he takes out your driver, that may be the end of that. This is the end of the backstretch, and we'll see you next week. Uh-huh.